uh, just being good to us, Lord. I thank you for just some time uh, away, just spending time with family, and uh, Lord, thank you for blessing that. I do uh, just praise you for the things that are going on and uh, just the lives of the people here in Pass Point. And uh, there's a lot happening. Um, a lot of people are uh, moving around, uh, getting things going, vacationing. And Lord, I do pray you just uh, bless your your people. Uh, thank you for just their faithfulness to you. And uh, Lord, we do uh, uh, thank you for um, just healing up Chris's head and uh, just uh, allowing that to to move along. And uh, Lord, we do just uh, praise you for um, uh, just the the surgery with the neck going well, Brady's aunt, and uh, pray you just continue to heal her up. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you would just be with uh, Pastor Brian and his family as they uh, get a little bit of time away. I pray you just give them a reprieve, uh, just uh, give him rest. Lord, as he, he goes hard. And so, Lord, I do just pray for them and uh, give them traveling mercies as they're out. And Lord, I do pray that you would just bless your word today uh, as we jump back into 1 Corinthians and we just uh, look at a few things that uh, Paul tried to make clear to us uh, as the church. So, uh, Lord, I pray you just speak through me, uh, put me out of the way, that you get all the honor and the glory. Uh, I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. So, if you didn't know, Chris split his head open. That's why I was praying for that. I forgot about it until I was praying. So, uh, it's all good now. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to tell him how it happened. I was just going to be like, Abby got mad or something. But anyway, yeah. 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 And, and then also, uh, Brady's aunt had uh, kind of emergency surgery the other night, but uh, I think things went well and she's back home. So, praise the Lord with that. So, yep. Praying for the Sheltons. Chris Shelton thought he broke his ankle Wednesday night, so I went and picked him up, took him to the hospital. Ended up not being a break. He tore a ligament, pulled off a piece of his fibula, so he's in a boot for two weeks. That's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worse. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, so he's, he's doing okay, but there's just some pain. So I bet. He's working for me. Phew. That just doesn't even sound good. Uh, anyway, yeah, we'll definitely be praying for them, so uh, dang. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, open up to First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter six. That's where we're at. Pick back up where we left off a couple weeks ago and try to wrap this chapter up. Uh, one other thing I did forget to announce: uh, next week is uh, fifth Sunday, so uh, we don't have any ABFs that day. Uh, there's only one service. It's at ten thirty. So uh, plan on being here at ten thirty, and uh, it is Lord's Supper. So um, in the nature of the way things go at HBF, plan on being here a little bit late, probably. Although Brian's not preaching, so uh, it might be, I don't know, uh, they got a guest speak, speaker in you, but we are doing Lord's Supper. So that's next week. So don't be here at 9. If you are, you're just going to be hanging out with anybody else who didn't listen to not be here at 9. So, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I told you, <laughs> but, uh, and we'll have, uh, we'll have church uh, as normal and then the Lord's Supper. So. With that being said, uh, title for today, if you're a title kind of person, I'm really not, but I try to do it for you guys, uh, Keeping the House Clean. Uh, that's your title, Keeping the House Clean. And uh, so, I don't know, what's that? No, no, no. So, I, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to ask the guys in the room, because I'm assuming that that's just how this is going to go. Um, Brady's got big eyes already. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I just just happened to see that. So, uh this happens at my house, and maybe it's only at my house, and I'll just take the blame for it, but maybe this doesn't happen anywhere else. But there's like this scenario at our house where my wife will be like, we have got to clean this freaking house, right? Something along those lines. And she says that because she learns it from our uh, three-year-old little boy because he tells us how we need to talk. Sometimes everything is freaking this and freaking that. I'm like, you don't want to talk like that, bud. But anyway, she'll be like, we have got to clean this house. And I'll be like, 
it doesn't look that bad, right? Like, we got a lot of other stuff going on. Like, this is totally okay, right? And, uh, you know, I don't know, is, is that only at my house? Or, you know, guys, you probably do a better job. I don't know. Anyway, not a lot. It's always a Sunday, too. It's always a Sunday? <laughs> During nap time, <laughs> it's always when there's something else going on. Anyway, it's, it's yeah, that's a really good answer, man. Uh, uh, so, so we've got this thing. Should be like we've got to clean the house, and I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, well, there's people coming over, and I'm like, it's still not that bad. Like, we're real people. It's okay. But so, yeah, that's exactly. Right. We live here, and it has nothing to do with her. It's just the simple fact of like, there's a difference between. My idea of clean, which is picked up, right? Uh, it drives me crazy when there's clutter. Like if if the counters all full of stuff, I like I lose my mind. Or like if the cushions on the couch are all disheveled and there's blankets everywhere, I'm like, holy smokes! But as far as like dust on stuff, like we'll get to it when we get to it, right? And so there's a difference between clean and picked up. And my wife's just like glaring at me. <laughs> hey, that's just that's just me, right? And it is what it is. <laughs> Whereas my wife has this really, and this isn't even my notes, this, is, this might really get me in trouble. My wife has this uncanny ability to, like, get started on one thing, and, like, we're just there. Like, we've got to, I think Mike Blake said this one time, I can't remember exactly how it went, but something along the lines of, like, we get started on, like, the closet, and by the next thing you know, we've, I'll use a different example. My daughter's cleaning her room right now. We'll take you completely out of this, right? <laughs> she was there for two days. I'm like, you got to get your room picked up. She's been two days in her room cleaning it up. I'm like, this thing must be looking good. I go to wake her up this morning. I open the door, and I'm like, I thought you were cleaning your room. She's like, look under my bed. It's all organized. Look at my dresser. It's all organized. And I'm like, but it's not picked up. <laughs> That's the difference, right? There's a difference between clean and picked up and so sometimes uh and it's not always the female but it's something with the female brain that it's just like we want to like completely organize one thing so much that we you know we can't see the forest from the trees sometimes and i get that way at work but you know maybe that's why she's like that because that's her that's her job right and so anyway there's a difference between clean and picked up i gotta keep moving or i'm gonna really be in trouble so the same is true in our spiritual house it's good to have it picked up right it's good to have yourself kind of put together uh but is it really clean that's kind of where i'm getting at today that's kind of what paul was talking about today and so uh we're in first corinthians chapter six starting in verse 12 and uh let me just buzz through this real quick so we can kind of get a, an idea of what we're going to go through and then uh we'll we'll go from there and so verse 12 says all things are lawful unto me but all things are not expedient all things are lawful for me but i will not be brought under the power of any meat for the belly and belly for the meats uh, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God hath raised both, or God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise up uh, us by His own power. Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What know ye not that he which is joined unto a harlot, uh, harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined in the Lord is one spirit. Uh, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Again, he asks the question again. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God 
and your body and your spirit, which are God's. A lot of you guys know that last passage because it's a memory verse in D1, right? I saw Nick's eyebrows perk up because it's like, hey, I know that one, right? It's a memory verse. Uh, that's what happens. A lot of times you're supposed to be memorizing these verses, and like you do a really good job of memorizing them until you're asked to like recite them, and you're like, uh, can I have the first word? That's what the kids <laughs> in the Little Lambs always ask me. Uh, can I have the first word? And, and what's the words after that, right? That's what they asked me last time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> At least you asked, right? But anyway, the, the point is, like, that's a memory verse. It should, it should ring your mind. But anyway, so today I've got three things Paul says you should know about your body as we wrap this up. And so there's a lot of things we could get in depth on this stuff. I don't want to get too crazy deep on what we're, what we're looking at here. But three things Paul says you should know about your body, right? So we're going to go back to uh, sixth grade health class and talk about our bodies, not. Uh, but three things that uh, Paul says you're supposed to know uh, about your body. And so the first thing he says in verse 12, so we can get going here, uh, and I'll read it a little slower and we'll kind of break it down a little bit. He says, uh, "Things are all things are lawful unto me. This reminds me, we just got done with the book of Romans before we came to Corinthians. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, I think it was chapter 15, somewhere right in there, uh, he talks about things that, uh, you know, kind of convictions versus uh, uh, conscience and things like that. And so it's kind of the same type of thing. But he says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. What he's trying to say is, it might not be against the law for me to do certain things. It might be okay by the law of the land for me to uh, eat certain things, but being a Jew, because Paul was uh, a Jew, right? Uh, to start with, right? He was. Uh, he had things that he could and couldn't do, right? You, you, the way that whole thing broke down, and so he's like, all things are lawful to me, but not all, th- not all things are probably the best thing I could do. There's a lot of things in life that you can do, but not, might not be the best idea for you to do. Right, And it's just kind of the way that breaks down. It says, uh, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought on to the power of any. Meats for the belly and belly for meats. Well, that's what it's created for, to eat, right? But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God hath raised up uh, the Lord and will also raise up us uh, by his own power. And this kind of gets what he talks about. He says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ. All this other stuff, yeah, it's good to talk about. All this stuff you can and can't do, whatever. But he's like, don't you know that your bodies are something better, something bigger? They're members of Christ. Shall then I take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Shall we take what God has given us to be part of his and make them members of the world? God forbid is what he says. And so... The first question, you, you know, the, the first thing Paul uh, says you should know about your body, questions are for later. Uh, the, the first thing that Paul says you should know about your body is your body is part of Christ's body. Okay, pretty simple, right? You guys know that from D1. Your body is part of Christ's body. What do I mean when I say that? I mean, you're bought with a price. We'll talk about this in the third point. You don't own yourself anymore. You are bought, you're paid for with the blood of Christ. That is who you are. So your body is not yours anymore. It's a part of something bigger. Now, when we say Christ's body, we're talking about the church. We've referenced this multiple times in 1 Corinthians already that you are part of something that's going on here. You might be the part that takes care of the babies. You might be the part uh, that opens the doors. You might be the part uh, that works the sound booth. Whatever it is, the, the, the part that teaches the word, whatever it is, you're part of the body. You're part of what goes on. It's no different than your foot's not going to work very well if your like, leg bone is broken. And I say leg bone because I don't know what it's called, right? And, you know, it's just the way that it works. Like, one singular leg bone. Yes. That's right. The upper one and the lower one. I don't know. Like, 
I'm not a doctor. There's a lot of things I'm not. That's one of them. <laughs> I don't even play one on TV. That's what I used to say a lot. Anyway, uh, yeah, the, the point is, parts of the body don't work well without the other parts working with them. Everything works in unison. You have a, you have a purpose in doing what you're doing with what you do in the body of Christ. If your part of the body isn't doing what it needs to do, the other parts don't work as well. We just got back from the lake, all right? And so uh, we were doing things out on the boat. It was a good time. But, like, I'm not as young as I once was is what I realized. Like, there were parts of my body that hurt that shouldn't have hurt. And I'm like, this this isn't normal. Like, I, I do stuff all the time. I don't understand. Whereas, like, I can throw the boys around on a tube. I can do all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're just like, well, whatever. And so you have to understand that you're part of something bigger. And so you are part of the body of Christ. The two questions you need to ask yourself. So he gets into this thing. He says, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me, but not all things will be brought into the power of any. This kind of goes back to what we talked about in Romans, but there's two questions you should ask yourself about doubtful things. Anything you come across in life that's like, that's kind of like a, I don't know if I really ought to be doing that, or like, is it really against the rules, or is it not? I like to follow the rules, but maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I should, I don't know. Like, there's, there's things in life, we'll just call them doubtful type of things, right? Go back and listen to uh, when we talked about this in Romans, because there's a whole long list of things, but I don't want to open that can of worms again. So anyway, it's online somewhere. Two questions you need to ask yourself about doubtful things. The first one, is it going to be controlling me? Is it going, whatever it is, is it going to be controlling me? Is it, is it some kind of a, a drug? Is it some kind of alcohol? Is it some kind of, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It could be tons of different things. Is it with enough of whatever going to be controlling me? That's the first thing you need to ask yourself. We are not supposed to be brought under the power of anything other than Christ, the power of Christ, right? Now, does that mean that it's against the law? No, there's a lot of things that aren't against the law that probably aren't the best for you. I, I'm just telling you. Like, there's just a lot of things. I'm not saying that you can and can't do certain things. That's not my job. Those are convictions versus your conscience and my doctrine not being your doctrine. And, like, doctrine's one thing, but convictions and making my convictions your doctrine is something completely different. So the point is, the first question you have to ask yourself about things that are doubtful, obviously, if it's against the law, don't do it. Like, that's just dumb. Romans uh, 13 says, you know, follow, follow the law, right? You don't like the president, who cares? You don't like the king, who cares? Follow the law. Like, that's what the Bible says to do. Is it controlling me? The second question you need to ask yourself about doubtful things is, is it going to cause a brother to stumble? If I'm going to be in the presence of some people that might stumble if I'm doing such thing, even though it doesn't defile my conscience, is it going to cause somebody else to stumble? Right? That's the last thing you want to do, because if you're going to cause somebody else to stumble, if you're going to cause somebody else's walk to be hindered, then you're hindering the work of Christ. What is your purpose here on earth once you've been saved? Like, it's one thing. To further the gospel in any way that you can do it, in the way that you live and the things that you say, Everything you do. So if something you're doing is hindering somebody else's walk, like you're doing the opposite of what you're created to do. Now, I'm not like, again, a math, mathematician. I'm not a lot of things, doctor, anything else. But I know that if you're doing exactly opposite of what you're created to do, God might not be cool with that. Uh, and, you know, if you read the book of Hebrews, God's uh, probably got some chastisement coming your way. Uh, just telling you what it is. So there's two questions you need to ask yourself. So 
There are certain foods back in the day when he's talking about this thing that were very taboo, right? You go to the book of Acts and uh, Cornelius is, uh, Peter goes to see Cornelius and, you know, he's like got the sheet coming down. He's got some bacon hanging on it and he's like, what is this all about? I can't have this. Not so, Lord. And again, not a thing you probably ought to be telling God is, no, no, I'm good. Like if God says do it, probably ought to go ahead and do it. Like God says, hey, you need to move your family. Uh, you better move your family. God says, hey, uh, you need to get in the ministry. You better get in the ministry. God says, hey, uh, you need to get in the word. Whatever it is, you better do it. It. Right. Not so, Lord, is not really uh, in God's vocabulary, just in case you're wondering. Usually, if you're like, yeah, I'm not going to go that far, God's like, okay, we'll see. Right? I've been there, done that. Um, drawing lines with God's not good. Certain foods in this culture uh, were very taboo, and that's what he's talking about. He's like, meats are for the belly, but belly for the meats. He's using this as an example. Why is he using this as an example when he's talking about the body? Because he's leading to something different. He's trying to talk about keeping the body pure and clean. And he's using this as an example to talk about what he's talking about next. Because the people, Paul's been going around telling everybody, hey, this stuff really isn't going to kill you. Like, you, you want to eat some pork? It's okay. If it defiles your conscience, don't do it. But it's okay if you do. He's trying to explain to everybody, you're not bound by these laws anymore that you've like had tried to keep forever. Because why? Because Jesus broke the rules of all, the, he broke the chains of all that kind of stuff. You know, and so for us, it's like, who cares if they eat whatever? For certain people in certain parts of the world, there's certain things you don't do, right? You go to India and there's certain foods they will not eat. And there's certain foods that I don't want to eat that they tell you to eat, but you do it anyway. You know, it's just part of it. But the point is, like, Paul has been going around, he's planting these churches, and he's, he's teaching them that, hey, it's okay to do certain things. It's not against the law. As long as it's not defiling your conscience, it, it'll be okay. Now, the point here is not food. The point here is they've been trying to use that same argument for something else, right? People in Corinth were uh, people in Corinth were trying to use that same argic, uh, same argic, logic, argument, logic, all in one word, argic. Uh, they were trying to use. I was trying to let you know where it came from. Uh, they were trying to use that same logic of. Well, Paul said it's not against the law. So if it's not against the law, if it's not against the law of where we live, the Roman law, uh, like the the law that that we live by then it's probably okay for us to do, right? It's probably okay for us to, to eat this stuff. They were trying to use that same logic. Well, it's not against the law with fornication. They were trying to say, well, it's not really against the law for us to do all this, so it must be okay as long as I'm not convicted about it. It's, it's, it's all good, right? That's, what he's, that's why he uses that example. He, they try to use the same thing for uh, their food taboos to explain their fornication taboo, and Paul, he's basically calling them out. That's what this letter's all about. It's, he's like... He says, uh, meats for the belly and belly for meats, but God shall destroy it and them. Now the body is not for fornication. He just said the body is for the meat. It's okay, right? You've got to have some sort of food. Uh, he's saying, but that's not what I'm talking about when it comes to your fornication issues going on. He says, but the body is not, I just lost it, uh, is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. That has nowhere in the equation. Today people try to explain away any reason for whatever they want to do. People do the same thing, right, today. Uh, it's not against the quote-unquote law, so it must be okay, right? But here's the problem. With, with the lost world, the standard's always different with the law, right? We understand that there's laws of the land, but there's certain laws that I think I should have to follow, and there's certain laws I shouldn't have to follow. The speed limit is a suggestion, right? You know, everybody kind of laughs at that. Oh, it's no big deal. But, like, everybody has some sort of standard inside of them, right? Well, I think it's okay to break the speed limit. Oh, I think it's okay to uh, whatever the next one is. I think it's okay. But at some point, everyone has a line when they're like, but you can't do that, right? 
you can't kill somebody just because you're mad at them. Like, you can't... Uh, you can't defile someone's child. You can't do whatever it is. Like we all have at some point, in, even as a lost person, we all have some sort of conviction that's like the law I agree with when it gets to this point. Everything before that, yeah, whatever. The point is like that's a, that's a changing scale and it moves all the time. And it, it, this might be okay today, but it might not be tomorrow. And the older you get, you might decide that it's not okay anymore. And like the standard is always moving. It's very different for everyone. And so the law might say, well, okay, I will do that, but that's not that big of a deal. You have to have some sort of standard. As believers, we need to know that like, our body is part of something bigger, and the standard has to be what Christ calls it to be, no matter what. Like, I understand people are like, well, I don't really, that, that book's kind of old. Uh, that stuff was made for a different culture. Like, I've heard all the arguments. I'm just telling you, without a standard, it's always going to change. Without a standard, it's always going to change. You know, when, when we start to think about, well, that, that when, I, when, when I see somebody do that, it, it convicts me, right? Or when I say things like that or when I do things like that, I shouldn't do that, right? Those are convictions. You shouldn't ever try to make your convictions someone else's doctrine. We talked about that when we talked about uh, the book of Romans. Now, does that mean you're supposed to be doing something just because you can? Well, I can do it. I don't care if you stumble or not. No, again, go back to the two questions. Is it controlling you? Is it causing a brother to stumble? If it's not, then like whatever you think you need to do, as long as it's not defiling your conscience. Understand, though, that you're part of something bigger. You are part of the body of Christ. Is it glorifying God? You tell me. Like I'm not, I'm not the you know God czar here. You have a Holy Spirit inside of you for a reason. Use it. Like allow it to do something. The point is, like we all have. The world is always going to have a different standard. If we can't just agree to the standard as Christians of what the Bible says, then we're no better than they are. It's always going to be different. Well, I agree with this, but not that. Well, if that's the case, then I don't agree with what you think salvation says. I mean, come on. You either believe all of it or none of it. You can't just take some of it, because if you just take some of it, you're a hypocrite just like, the, just like they say you are. Right? The point here is Paul's like, hey, your argument, that's what this whole first section, he's talking about meats and the belly and where does fornication come in. When you break it all down, he's trying to say... Um, Stop using the argument that I gave you for eating certain things to think that you can uh, go on with your fornication lifestyle. And we'll talk about what that means in a minute. But that's kind of what he's talking about, this first thing. You need to understand that your body is part of Christ's body. You're part of something bigger. And if you're not going to be a part of what's going on, then you're hindering it. Right? Once you're saved, you're saved. It doesn't mean that you're like, you can't, you can't want out. It doesn't work like that. So... It, yeah, it just doesn't work like that. So at this point, if you uh, are a born-again believer and you're just like, I don't really care, all you're doing is hindering the rest of the body. That's all you're doing. You can't one out, right? You're the kneecap. That's just what you are now. Like, so if you just choose not to do your part, the rest of the leg doesn't work very well. Like, Whatever it is, your part, like you're still there. Like, Hopefully you were the appendix because it really wasn't necessary anyway. Like, like I don't know. I'm just like... I just mean like every, you're, you're a part of the body at some point. You're either helping or hindering one or the other. That's just the way it works. The second thing that Paul says you need to know about your body in verse 16 to 18 is your body can only be part of one thing. Your, part, your body can only be a part of one thing. He says uh, in verse 16, what? So if you didn't notice, he asked three questions. No, you not. No, you not. No, you not. That's where these came from. What? No, you not. That your body, uh, I'm sorry, know you not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? 
For two, he saith, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication, verse 18. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Your body can only be a part of one thing. You can't be a part of Christ's body and a part of the world. It doesn't work. Uh, Jesus himself says you can't serve God and mammon, right? You can't be a part of two different things. You're either in or you're out, one or the other, right? Uh, you know, there's, there's a worldly saying that might go along with that, but you either need to do something or get moving, one or the other, right? Like, it just has to happen. And so, like, I'm just saying, like, you can't be a part of Christ's body and the world at the same time. It doesn't work. You're a part of one or the other. Like the standard of the law we just talked about, right? Everybody in the world, you can ask a lost person, like, at what point do we say absolutely that can't happen, right? With the same way that the lost world has a standard for the the law, um, the lost world has a standard on sexual relationships as well, right? It's different for everybody. Depends on who you ask. You know, some lost people will say, oh, no, you absolutely can't do that. Uh, until you're married. Some lost, some lost people will say, you know, sleep with as many people as you want to, right? Try it before you buy it. Some lost people will say, uh, you can do that until you get married, right? I'm just being honest with you. You guys know. You live in the same world I do. Come on. Like, some people are going to say, well, you can do whatever you want until you get married. Uh, some people will say you can do whatever you want to after you get married, right? Like, it, it's a messed up situation. That's the world we live in. The point is, there's, it's a moving scale, again. That's what they're trying to say. Right, and so it's, it's very relative, right? It's it's very it, so it's 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 the same way. If we as Christians can't have some sort of a standard, why are we any different from them? Like, why are we any different from them? As believers, we need to know God's view on what this looks like. You guys understand? What's Genesis one say? And they two shall be one flesh, right? The same exact passage in Ephesians five, and they two shall be one flesh. What does that mean? Uh, it's a picture here. Two things go together, and now they're one. Okay, um, that's just it's okay. <laughs> it is what it is. One flesh actually means something to God, is what I'm getting at. One flesh actually means something. It's not just another person. It's not just another whatever. It actually means something. There's a picture here that is much larger than what the lost world will ever understand. There's a picture for what he's trying to do. If you are joined with another person. Um, if you're joined with a person of the world, then uh, how can you be joined to Christ? It doesn't work. This is not how this happens, okay? Uh, it's just like, maybe it's math. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the point here is uh, uh, you can't be both. You're one or the other. If, if you're going to be joined to the world, if you're going to be one flesh with the world, you're not one flesh with Christ. But if you're going to be one flesh with Christ, then you probably ought to stick away from the fornication of the world. God has a standard. If we can't have a standard, then what, how are we any better? Think about, think about it this way, because this is what lost people would, would track with this, right? So we're engaged to Christ. Do you guys understand that? Like we are, as, as, the, as the church, we are engaged to Jesus Christ. Like that is what we are. We are the bride of Christ. The nation of Israel is like uh, God's wife. The church is the bride of Christ, right? There is a marriage supper of the Lamb, Right after the rapture, after the judgment seat of Christ, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, the marriage is the church with Christ. Okay, we're engaged. So the world can track with that. Okay, yeah, we're, I'm, in, I'm engaged to this person. I'm done uh, flaunting it around. I'm done doing whatever I was doing in my lost days. Whatever it is that I, you want to call it, uh, I'm engaged now. I've decided I'm going to settle down, right? And so, uh, so 
in, in that example of today, I'm engaged to this, uh, this person, but I just continue to sleep around because I'm not married yet. Uh, yeah, okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you, you still think, well, I'm not married yet. I'm engaged. The date is set. We're going to get married, but, you know, I've still got X amount of weeks to do whatever I want to do. I'm guessing that your uh, engaged uh, fiancé isn't going to be super happy about your uh, thought process there of, you know, get it while you can or whatever. I don't know. Uh, the point here is, like, I'm engaged to somebody and she finds out that I'm still doing whatever else. Uh, probably not going to be a marriage happening, right? At least even in most worldly standards, okay? What makes you think that you can be the betrothed bride to Christ and he's going to be really cool with it for you to go and sleeping around with the world because, you know, the marriage hasn't happened yet? It's the same thing. It's a picture of what's going on, right? The world doesn't like to hear it, but I'm just telling you there's a standard that you have to follow. You can choose not to follow. It doesn't make the standard any different. Like the speed limit sign says 70. You can get pulled over for going 80. And you can tell the guy, I really didn't agree with it. He doesn't really care. That was the law. Like it just is what it is. You know, it's no different than like, that's what the Bible says. That's what the standard is. You can be like, I don't agree with it. But there will be a day when you stand before the guy and you're like, I didn't really believe it. And he's like, I don't really care if you believed it or not. The sign was there. You chose not to agree with it. Like, that's the whole point. The lost world will argue with you. Oh, it's, it's just a book. It's just a book. I'm just telling you, at the end of the day, you will stand before Christ. It's just, that's, that's how it is. And you might be like, well, you're wrong. I would rather be wrong. I, I would rather be wrong and live it this way my entire life and find out that there is no thing, which, I mean, I can't even really say that because I believe that there is nothing. I can, I'd rather be wrong than you gamble with the fact that I'm wrong you live like hell, and then you find out that I was right. You're like, oh, I, I have nothing to lose. You have everything to lose. That's the whole point with, with your argument with the lost person. The point is, do you think Christ is cool with you going out and sleeping with the harlot, meaning the world in this scenario? You think, you think Christ is cool? He saved your soul. You're supposed to be living for him, and you're like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. It just doesn't work like that. Like, this is stuff nobody likes to talk about, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, that's what the Bible says. Like, you can be real or you can be fake, but uh, I know that Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father, uh, and I'm his betrothed bride, and so are you if you're saved today. You might want to start living like it, because uh, it just isn't going to be good. Like, it's just not going to be good. Like, can you imagine, like, you show up to the, the wedding and, like, the bombshell goes off at the wedding, like, oh, yeah, you were supposed to be doing this, and you weren't. Like, uh, we were engaged, but you were doing all this. And it's like, I'm guessing the wedding night's not going to be so great for you, right? I'm guessing, like, the following after the marriage supper of the Lamb isn't going to be super great for you if that's how you're going to choose to live now when you know what the Word of God says you're supposed to be living like, right? One more thing. So you guys should know this, but uh, what is the difference, just so you can be clear, make sure everybody understands, the difference between fornication and adultery? It is the same sin. One is if you are married, and one is if you're not. Any sexual sin is fornication. Uh, whether it's personal, whether it's uh, multiple people, whether, I don't know. I'm just telling you, uh, that's fornication. Once you're married, all of those exact same sins become adultery because you are supposed to be one flesh with another person. 
Right, that's the difference. Some people get that really confused. I just want to make sure everybody's kind of on the same track. I think everybody knows that. It's the same sin. You can be doing the same thing, but you were married, you, you weren't married, and now you are. It doesn't really work the other way. Um, it's, it's the same sin. It's fornication. It's adultery. It's sexual sin. Any sexual sin, is that's what it is. Okay, so fun stuff to talk about. Verse 19, the last thing Paul says. He says, uh, what? No, you not. This is the thing that everybody knows. I remember when I was uh, memorizing this in D1, like I had Paige, like she taught me this. She's like, you have to be really excited about it. You have to be like, what? No, you not. That your body, like that's the only way that every time I read that, I, I can always think of Paige. We would walk through the house and she would just be like, what? Like, what I do? What I do? This is early on. Like she'd just come out of her lost days and I'm like, oh my. <laughs> Something just got brought to light. I don't know. Anyway, uh, what? No, you not. <laughs> I'd like you're taking a couple other verses. <laughs> <laughs> that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own. If you're bought with a price, what is that price? Blood. That's the blood. That's the perfect blood. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Too often as Christians, as believers, we forget that like God paid something for us. We treat it like it's just flippant. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. I feel like today I don't. Like, it, you go buy, like, a new car. Um, we've been kind of dabbling in the car market a lot this year. Um, <laughs> maybe more coming I don't know. Anyway, like, you spend a lot of money on something, um, and it's valuable to you. Like, it, it's important. You know, uh, I'll, I'll use a good example, and I don't think he'll be mad at me for saying this. Uh, Brian had, had a truck. And he didn't treat the truck like the best thing in the world, right? <laughs> it was kind of beat up. It's kind of a, it's, 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 but it was getting me from point A to point B, right? And I'm like, yeah, maybe I ought to wash that thing. But like, I don't know. You do you. It's your car. I don't care. So he just got a new car recently, like less than a month ago. And he's like, I need to clean this thing once a week. I need to take it to the car wash. I'm like, see, it's, it's worth something to you. It's like, it's valuable to you. Okay, it costs you something. Now you have, like, skin in the game. You know, it's one thing to be like, I, here's another example. It's one thing, like, my entire life, I, like, would hear about the stock market. And I'd be like, who cares? Like, it's just numbers. And like, it's up, it's down. Who cares? Don't care, right? Now, all of a sudden, you got some money in it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's doing what? <laughs> like, I had this much, and now I've got this much. Something's not fair. Like, this is not, this is not what I was promised when I got into this game. Nick. <laughs> Nick. Nick didn't promise anything. I'm just kidding. The point is, like, when you've got skin in the game, it's worth something to you, okay? Realize that uh, Christ has a whole lot more than skin in the game when it comes to purchasing you and redeeming you. Uh, it took his perfect blood. As Christians, we're like, yeah, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah, I know, I know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've heard it all, guys. I've lived it all. I've done it all. Not all, but I, 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 I've heard the excuses. The, the point is, do you understand, like, the blood of Christ is more valuable than anything, and that's what he was willing to pay for your wretched soul. And you're like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah, I know that this isn't probably okay, but, you know, it, it, it'll be all right. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, I don't, I, that argument probably isn't going to be, that's kind of like not so good, Lord. Like, that's right equivalent to that with the arguments with God like not so Lord yeah yeah, I'll get to it yeah like the blood of Christ is worth something you probably ought to treat it like it is yeah 
You're, if you're saved, you're no longer in control. You should understand this. Like, you don't have control anymore. You get to decide, but, like, you have one purpose. We talked about that earlier. You've been purchased with the blood. Uh, there is no return or exchange policy. It's like buying something at Christmas. Like, there, no, you can't return it. Oh, great. Right? It doesn't matter. There is no return. There's no exchange policy. You can't just throw it back in the mail and send it back to Amazon. Right? It doesn't work like that. Like, you're bought with the blood. It's, it's worth something. He's got skin in the game. Maybe you should act like... You know, he's got skin in the game for you. You know, your, your car is worth something to you. Your, your your house is worth something to you. Your, your marriage is worth something to you. It never mattered before, but now, like, it's important, right? Now I've got kids. I've got to start acting responsible and all these different things, right? Like, all the different things that, like, make people, quote-unquote, grow up. Uh, maybe, like, Christ purchasing your life should make you have that same realization. Uh, maybe I need to grow up a little bit. Maybe I need to... Uh, act my age. Maybe I need to, um, you know, live for him. Any of those kinds of things? I don't know. Uh, here's something to think about. If your body is God's, I'm sorry, if your body is God's house, you'll appreciate this. Maybe you should keep it clean and not just picked up. I mean, really. Like, if, if, if your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in there, rattling around, like, Hey, I'd like, you know, maybe, hey, can I, can I have a say? I don't know. Like, I don't know how it works for you, but, you know, there's times that it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, it, if your body's God's house, maybe you ought to maybe keep it clean and not just picked up. Not just clean on the outside for when people come by to look at it, you know, but actually, like, fit for a king. You know, it's, it's one thing when, uh, and I say this because this is the last time this happened, it's one thing that the Laverns are coming over. I'm like, you know how many times they've been over? Like, it's fine. We're going to have dinner. We're going to have discipleship. They don't care if the house is clean. Like, they just want it picked up. Uh, it's one thing if, if the Laverns are coming over or if, you know, Jesus himself is popping in. Uh, there's a different standard, right? Maybe the standard should just always be, um, hey, this is how I need to live. This is what God has called me to do. Uh, this, is the, this is the standard that he has set for me. He gave up his perfect life so I could continue to live. Uh, maybe I should give a care. Uh, Maybe I should, well, yeah, maybe you should, you know, desire something more. Verse 20 says, this last thing, I'll be done. Verse 20 says, for you're bought with a price. We understand that's the blood of Christ, right? It says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So there's three elements to your body, right? And we're going to get to this when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to get super in-depth on all of that, so don't ask questions until we get there. But <laughs> it's a super difficult passage. Because people have lots of questions, and that's okay. There's three aspects, elements to your body. What is it? Yeah. A body, soul, and a spirit. He says right here, you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What about your soul? Your soul is redeemed the second you get saved. Your soul was dead before salvation, and he brought it to life. Uh, there's no need saying that that's God's because it wasn't even yours to start with, and he made it worth something to, to go with. The point here is like, he gave you life. He gave life to your dead soul at salvation. That means he owns all three elements, parts of you. Why don't Why don't we choose to give glory to him while we can, instead of like when we get to it? Like, why don't we choose to give glory to him while we can? Because you know, tomorrow's not promised. You don't ha- have any idea what's coming next. Like that's been made apparent in our lives uh, in, in recent months. Like you never know what's coming next. Why don't we maybe choose to give God the glory while we can 
instead of when we get to it. Because uh, let me just tell you, you'll never get to it. It just doesn't happen. Life's too fast. We're too busy. There's too much. Maybe we should just give Him glory while we can. And you know in your life what that means. I don't. Because it means something different to every person. You know the step that God's saying, hey, maybe I ought to go ahead and take that step. Maybe I ought to go ahead and, like, whatever it is. I'm just saying, like, maybe just take that, what Brian Hedges says, take that next right step and do that. And do that for a minute. And when you decide to start doing that for a minute, then, you know, he'll give you another one to take. Maybe that next right step is to stop doing the stupid thing that you're doing. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying, like, he bought your soul with something that's more precious than you will ever even see in your lifetime. And we're flipping about it. Maybe we should care. So that's what Paul's trying to say. Like, I know, like, we like to laugh and have a good time. Like, this is, sometimes, like, Paul's like, hey, uh, there's not a whole lot of sugar to make this medicine go down, but this is what I'm saying. You know, pick it up. Because if not, there's going to be an issue. You know, he's writing to them like a a dad would write to their their kids sometimes. Like, you're old enough to know better, and I'm not going to talk to you like a kid anymore. You should straighten up or there's going to be issues. Like, that's basically what he says here, right? In the Richard Petty Bible version. Like, that's what he says. Figure it out. Anyway, let's pray. We'll get out of here. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for just being good to us, Lord. Uh, I thank you for your word. And, uh, Lord, I do thank you for passages like this that are uh, hard sometimes. Uh, Lord, we don't need a Bible that's uh, all about... uh, just the the things that make us feel warm and fuzzy inside. Sometimes we need to hear uh, the truth of the Word and know that um, God's just not really that cool with us living in sin uh, and being okay with it. So, uh, Lord, I do pray that this this, uh, passage would just kind of prick some hearts. Uh, It pricked mine, Lord, uh, just to make sure that I am giving glory uh, to God to everything that I do. So I pray that you would just get the glory for it. I do pray for those in Passpoint. There's a lot of people traveling and doing different things, and I pray you just keep keep us safe, uh, keep us on mission, Lord, uh, keep us focused on things you've called us to do, and uh, life comes fast, so I do pray that we uh, would make the most of it, uh, build relationships, uh, get the gospel where it needs to go, and give you glory for all of it, and pray this all in Christ's name, amen. All right, guys, peace out.